Hello and welcome to The Consistency Project with E.C. Sinkowski. My name is Patrick Cummings and every episode I have the privilege of having a discussion with E.C. on subject matters that range from nutrition to fitness to the choices we can all make to live a healthier, more functional life. By exploring both the principles at play and the actions worth carrying out as a result, it's our goal to get you thinking, get you moving, and get you taking more consistent steps toward optimizing your well-being. Thank you so much for tuning into the show this week. How are you, E.C.? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. We have um, one of my favorite things, which is a coaching call that you uh, did recently. Her name is Susan. We're going to get into, as we've done before, we're going to listen to the coaching call. And then on the back end of it, you and I will come back in and I've got one or two questions, just as things that I was thinking about as I was listening. So without further ado, let's get into your conversation with Susan and we'll be back afterwards. Basically, over the time of the pandemic, from basically 2020 to 22, um, I gained quite a bit of weight. I gained about 45 pounds. And I did do a body composition um, DEXA scan, and that's about 31 pounds of fat, um, which obviously wasn't too pleased by. And I know that it's a lot of it contributing is, you know, more the, I'll call it the sedentary lifestyle because we're working from home and not moving as much. Um, And so... I've been working. So in November of this past year, I did have foot surgery. So that did limit, um, you know, what kind of activities I can do. Um, I have obviously recovered from that since, um, but I'm still limited. Like I've not yet started running. I don't really do any like jumping activities. Um, uh, I can do squats and things like that, but um, lunges are still a a problem for me. Um, And so you know, I've been on this so since the beginning of this year, for sure. I've definitely been trying to, to, to pivot and change and get that going in the, in the other direction. And, but also limit, you know, working with what I was limited with. So mm-hmm. I did a lot more um, swimming and water exercise classes and low impact things, obviously for my foot during recovery um, and just to kind of stay active. I also do spin. Um, I have a, you know, spin bike. Um, so I do that um, as a more low impact activity. Um, and then I weight train um, two to three times a week. Um, so that's kind of, you know, on the exercise front, what I'm so doing. So where are you now currently, like uh, each week, let's just give an average mm-hmm. two days a week, I do spin two days a week, I do, etc. Yeah, yep. Yep. So I swim two days a week, I spin two to three days a week. Um, and I do weight training three days a week. Okay, great. Mm hmm. And then I walk my dog every day, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I that's understand. <laughs> that's you got to do that. I get it. I get it. Okay, and um, and you haven't seen any change in weight since that gain. So you've kind of been plateaued at the same weight since it sounds like the post pandemic. Yeah, when I reached out to you, I had basically been there. Like I nothing. Like mm. <laughs> it just it stayed. And I mean, the good news, right? Not going up, but obviously, it's not where I want to be. So. Um, you know, this year I have been fo- really focusing and dialing in on the nutrition side. Um, so I've, since I wrote you, I, um, I think I've lost about, um, eight to 10 pounds. It okay. fluctuates a bit, but at least I'm seeing the numbers go down, which feels a little bit better yeah. um, than where I was. Um, but where, you know, where I struggle. So I, I, I took your masterclass in its old form, not the more yeah. revamped one, yeah. um, a few years ago. And then I kind of re rewatched it, rewent through the materials. Um, and so I, I'm pretty good on the 800 gram aspect. That is not a problem for me. I love my fruits and vegetables. If I could, I'm not a vegetarian, but I probably 
could <laughs> easily right, yeah, yeah. be one. Um, and it's the, pro- I know the protein target is where I struggle. Like mm-hmm. I don't hit that. Okay. Um, even when I'm like really trying and being very conscious of what I'm eating. Um, I, I just, I don't get there. Um, okay. so, and I, part of it is I know my weight is really high. So that makes my protein target really high. Mm. Um, but you know, even adding in like protein shakes and things like that, I'm still not getting there. And then it kind of, maybe this is a mental aspect, but it's like, I want to stop eating when I'm not hungry anymore. I don't want to just keep eating because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get certain macros in or whatever. Um, you know, cause obviously there's calories associated with that too. Mm-hmm. So and I'm trying to lose weight. Okay. That's some good stuff. And then, you know, um, have you also then looked at the full diet? It sounds like you were trying to also do some logging in my fitness pal. Is that still continuing? Or are you kind of doing kind of first this protein and 800 G approach and seeing that's, get that consistent. Yeah. That's what I was first trying to focus on were those two basic, you know, fundamentals. Yeah. Um, and because I hadn't gotten there on the protein, I hadn't yet taken it to the next step of everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. That's great news on the 800 G. Um, we all knew that I was going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that was an obvious checkpoint. Now the protein goal, I, I do like to recommend that people can use their target weight to base that 0.7 off of, especially if they're 20, 25 pounds or more, just because of what you're sort of saying and like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to hit this protein? Mm-hmm. So, um, not in terms of your weight, because I don't need those specific numbers, but like, what would be your protein target in terms of grams based off of a target weight? Like, do you think it's a hundred grams a day, 120 off a target weight be 140. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And where do you think you would, you typically are averaging right now? I'm around the nineties right now. It's okay. rare if I break a hundred on it on a day. Yeah. Do you typically eat, um, like kind of a three main meal schedule or what's your, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things for protein, I think a lot of times people are always looking like, uh, what's another protein source? I need another protein source. Like find me another thing to add to my, and it's actually where I like to start with people is like, okay, which, what are the foods you're currently eating and just increase the serving sizes at each of those meals. Right. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe you're not really into shrimp. So I'm not going to suggest shrimp because it's like, it's just not part of the strategy right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is. So I think that's obviously kind of the first place to go to is Hey, at each of my meals, we know you're the fruit and veggie person. So that's going to be there. Mm -hmm. The next thing to look at is, okay, let me get to at least 30, 30 grams of protein before I worry about the other things I'm going to have. Does that sound totally outlandish? Like I I don't even know how to come up with 30 grams or do you think, okay, if I kind of prioritize that I I might get there a little bit better. Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think that sounds reasonable. I do struggle. I mean, like, um, I mean, and I know like, like a a portion size of like chicken or whatever is supposed to be like four to six ounces, right? Yeah. Four ounces is pretty good. I'm not eating four ounces when I eat like chicken for my dinner or whatever. Yeah. Um, So. And and why is that? Do you think that's more of a a taste thing or do you think it's more, it's not um, kind of the cornerstone of the meal or. I think it's more the taste thing. Mm. Um, There's, there's, yeah. Um. I'm a picky protein person, I guess, yeah. as part of it. Um, so like, and that's, that, that is a struggle, especially when eating out. Um, there's a lot of places like where I don't like the chicken, like that they add to the salad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I just won't get the chicken on the salad. Yeah. Um, so then I, you know, don't have any protein or very little protein. So 
Um, so, so that's part of it is, is I'm very picky with the protein. Um, when I cook at home and I do cook at home, a majority of our meals, dinners, especially, um, is I think it's, it's just, I don't know when I build my plate, I look at, I think it's enough and, mm. and it obviously isn't because I wait because then I weigh it and I realize, oh, that was only like three ounces or yeah. whatever. So yeah. I know it's not a quote unquote portion. So I think that's, I think that's a good goal. If we do like uh, 90 grams of protein in terms of like at each of the main meals, we're having 30 grams of protein. By the time we add some of the protein from the 800 G and by the time you pick up some of these other grams from just various other foods in the diet, I'm very mm-hmm. confident you're going to be in this hundred to 115 grams of protein. Now I know that's not 140. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's not necessarily at my magic ratio of this 0.7 number, but like, let's start with something that feels a little bit more realistic, right? Like just kind of every day being like, oh gosh, I'm nowhere near 140. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's just pick a little bit of a different endpoint, get some success there. And I think if you just kind of start focusing of the meals is like, okay, at each meal, I'm going to have these two cups ish of fruits and veg, which sounds like that's mm-hmm. it. The next thing I am doing is worrying about where I'm getting 30 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. And I do not pass on to then what else is in the meal right. <laughs> until I have the four ounces of the chicken or the scoop of protein powder or the whatever plain Greek yogurt or mm-hmm. the two, you know, all of that stuff. And that really will kind of set up the foundation of the meal. Now, again, I don't, I don't think protein, mm, you know, I think in your notes to me, you had kind of mentioned that you're looking at this more from the weight loss perspective than necessarily the performance perspective. And so, you know, I just wanted to highlight that one of the reasons that I still recommend, you know, I don't want to say it's a high level of protein, but maybe higher than what you're eating right now is because that is a lever for us in terms of satisfaction in the diet. Mm -hmm. So even for people that are coming at this for more of, I just want to lose the weight versus necessarily, I need to hit some new personal record in strength training. Mm -hmm. it, It does help us feel full. So even from that perspective, that's why I like this protein kind of you know, let's get you to 100, 110 grams a day or something, because then we're going to really feel full and we're probably not going to want to snack quite as much during the day. So that's sort of why I'm I'm still going to be like, well, even though you might not be performance minded here, this is a good lever for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's where, and, and obviously I listen to your podcast and yeah. things like that. So <laughs> I, I, I like that you kind of debunk some of the um, things that are going on in social media right now, right? Because <laughs> you know, it's very easy for me, especially when I was plateauing of not getting the results and then also not being able to hit this protein target that it was very easy then to start listening to the, <laughs> to those things. Right. And, and I think that's the other piece on the working out is I used to do a lot more of the strength training and I've mm-hmm. been now incorporating more of the cardio and the obviously lower impact cardio, um, partly because of my foot, um, injury mm-hmm. and the recovery, but also thinking that, well, maybe I need, some more, you know, cardio for fat burning, as opposed to doing all the strength that I was doing. Mm. Um, Cause I used to be doing that more like five times a week. And now mm. it's more like three times a week for the strength training. So I, I like what you said, your current balance is now, it sounds like strength training is three times a week. And then we've got this couple times of swim and a few times of spinning. So we have mm-hmm. a nice balance of cardio in there. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is, um, in the moment, cardio is more fat burning. Like while you're on the bike, it is technically going to be using more fat than let's say if you're doing, I don't know, back squats or deadlifts or something like that. 
But when we start to build that muscle mass and we have more muscle mass on our body and we're just sitting typing away at the computer, that's also going to be burning fat as energy while we're doing it. So Mm -hmm. in some ways, strength training becomes fat burning by way of the muscle mass that it puts on. And so this is where I don't like people to get too singularly focused as like one or the other. And to have the mix is actually kind of the best place to be. There's benefits Mm -hmm. to more of the cardio stuff. There's benefits to more of the strength stuff. And so to have that balance, I think you're fine there. Mm -hmm. I think you know, what's hard about the exercise piece and what I was a little bit, I don't know, worried about when I was kind of reading your uh, initial note is a lot of times people try to fix the weight loss by just adding more exercise. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you've heard that podcast and it's really, you know, I think uh, Herman Ponzer does a great job in his book, Burn on It. But when we just add more exercise and we're not looking at our intake our appetite goes up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then we end up just eating back the extra that we burn. (laughs) And so this is where like just adding more exercise often becomes a dead end for people if they're not paying attention to that intake. Right. So Mm -hmm. I also just want you to be careful of, and this volume sounds okay, especially because Mm -hmm. um, some of that's a little bit lower impact, but just be a little bit wary of, well, I'm just going to keep exercising my way to this until I focus a little bit more on the nutrition side. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that is, Unfortunately, with, you know, aging, that's one of the things that I have had to learn and also getting out of the athlete's mindset. I mean, I used to do marathons, triathlons, all of those types of things. And so my obviously amount of training was was a lot higher. And yeah, I would be honest, I was not thinking about what I was eating. It's like, oh, I want pizza after that run. Great. Eat pizza. Did it have any like negative effect for like gaining weight? No, like because I was just, you know, metabolizing it like crazy. So obviously life has changed (laughs) as I've gotten older and more sedentary and life with a, you know, desk job and all that kind of stuff. And then injuries, right. Of of Mm. foot surgery and things like that, that I have to now kind of pivot and do, do different. So that's kind of why I've been trying to really focus more on the intake, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that's where that, you know, the protein thing was my biggest concern right now, because I just wasn't getting close. So if you think the 110 or whatever should be my new kind of at least let's yeah. get some yeah let's get, get some, some consistency uh, there yeah okay and i you know to be honest just focusing on the protein will not drive weight loss independently it, it's it's what it's kind of like the 800 gram challenge and that what I'm trying to do is displace some calories i'm i'm basically trying to take away some of the the processed foods that are all too delicious to eat Mm -hmm. by making you eat more protein. (laughs) And so then you're like, Oh God, I'm so full of these fruits and veggies and protein. I don't have as much left room to snack on. And so I think that's kind of how to view it is not like, gosh, I need all this protein again for these performance goals, but it's just, it's just filling me up and it's doing it in a way that's probably less calories than, um, a lot of snacks. Now, of course, assuming we're not doing it all on protein bars, as I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. me talk about, but yeah. <laughs> so, so then, I mean, I guess getting to that next step of thinking about the total calories, it sounds like you haven't been focusing on that as, as much. Um, do you feel like just not necessarily in terms of numbers, but you have a sense in your diet where some of the extra calories might be racking up quite quickly? Um, I think there's, there's twofold. One, I definitely think is alcohol. Um, and that varies like on a quote unquote normal week. Um, it's maybe a drink or two a week. Sure. Whereas then you go on vacation or, you know, (laughs) you have some parties or whatever, and it obviously quickly changes. So I think that's definitely one of my areas. Um, um, my, you know, yeah. And then, you know, I think 
the other one, and actually one of your podcasts recently helped me to set more boundaries at home is my husband is Mm. a sweet tooth addict. And so at night after dinner, sitting on the couch, he wants something sweet. He wants the cookies or the candy or the chocolate or the whatever. And I found that I started just, mm-hmm. you know, doing this mindless eating. And <laughs> I I just told him and I do most of the grocery shopping. And so I just said, I'm I'm not buying this stuff anymore. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't buy it. You buy it, you, you right. know, whatever, but like I'm not buying it anymore. So the other night he was like, Do you have any sweets after dinner? And I'm like, Nope. And <laughs> like I'm like, we have apples, we have right, melons, right. we have <laughs> I'm like strawberries. Hot, hot chocolate mix, I guess if you really want something chocolatey, you could have that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so how did he receive it? I mean, he's doing okay with it or he, he kind of pouted. Um, but um otherwise, I mean, so far he hasn't um bought anything. But mm. you know, I, I mean I, I told him like you're you know, if that's what if you want to I'm not I'm not keeping it from you, but for myself, like I, mm. like I can't have this stuff in my house. So I'm more of the salty person. So like, I don't buy the chips and the, you know, that kind of, you know, snacky foods, because I know if I have it in the house, like that entire bag is going to be consumed. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that, so, so does he have a weight related goal or no, it's just, he just likes this stuff and he, he likes this stuff. He's not happy where he's at either yeah. right now um but um yeah he he's not necessarily all on the nutrition board, yeah. side yeah. yeah well it's interesting i mean if he's okay with the not buying and he starts to see some results he might get more on board so that that could be a positive and i'm glad yeah. it hasn't caused any um big fight <laughs> yet at least um but i think that's great i think that's a big first step i think it's also just recognizing how much um how much freedom you probably still have just with the various social events, right? Mm-hmm. Like I kind of mentioned this a lot. I think we forget how many, I don't want to say holidays cause they're not true holidays, but it's like a wedding shower and then a baby yeah. shower and then a graduation and then a vacation and then an actual holiday and then a birthday. And it's like, we do end up having quite a good, yeah, mm-hmm. we do end up having a good amount of celebrations where there is still some flexibility and to try to realize that that's like, I'm not that restricted. I'm just not going to have this every night. So I think that's a, that's a great, um, first step for sure of doing that. Um, the other thing about the alcohol is, yeah, it, it it is. It's, you know, seven calories per gram. Um, so it's quite close to fat in terms of how calorically dense it is. Um, and so often when we go out to get a glass of wine, they don't stop at five ounces. Yeah. <laughs> and oftentimes we don't have one glass. And then, yeah, our, our choices around alcohol change a little bit as well, right? It just becomes mm-hmm. easier to say yes to whatever else is happening. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, that's just a really common one. Um, I don't know if you've tried any of the non-alcoholic options. I'm a big fan of the non-alcoholic beers. I think they're quite close. Um, So maybe (laughs) give that a try. I find them Uh to be a pretty good Um, Mm stand-in. That can be, (laughs) that can be an option for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to do um, like, like vodka sodas instead Mm -hmm. of the wine or, or things like that, because um, I find that I drink them slower or mm. I don't know wine. I can just, I can drink yes. <laughs> And like, it's, it's, it's tr- the, like when you're at a, an event or whatever, the, the glass stays full. Like yes. they keep coming around this pouring, So you lose track very easily of, of how much you've actually had of what totally. wine. Whereas like I found like a vodka soda or something like that. 
A, usually have to go up to the bar and like get it. And then it's, I don't know, it takes me longer to drink it or I can walk around with it for longer. <laughs> totally. Well, those sound like some good strategies. I mean, I think that's a great one. Obviously, home environment's key. Um, you mm -hmm. know, and this is where some people come up with these rules of like, well, I don't eat after 8 p.m. Like it is, it all does still come down to calories. Like we can come up with a mm -hmm. ton of different rules around that. But there is something to that, right? Because just sitting in front of the TV, relaxing, it's so easy to open the candy bag and end up having the entire thing, right? Yep. So either not buying it or, you know, this is where I don't mind stuff. Like I said, don't eat after 8 p.m. can be some really mm -hmm. nice rules to help get after cutting calories without necessarily cutting them all. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if a good if a good step in terms of the social events is, well, I, I do vodka soda instead, that's a great first step for sure and trying to be more mindful around there. Obviously, if, if those strategies don't pan out, we have to then, you know, take a deeper dive like, yeah. like we did in the master class and look at everything. But... One of the reasons I did that, I asked you, because I think a lot of people already kind of know, <laughs> oh, yeah. know where, you know, the calories come quickly in their diet. And so mm -hmm. don't need to take a, a Band-Aid approach. Don't need to say never having it. Don't need to say I'm never drinking again or I'm never having these snacks again. But finding ways to kind of set up the boundaries that it's not as regular of an occurrence, I think it's yeah. a, is a great first step. So, Yeah, and that was actually one of the most eye-opening things for for me during the master class was um I mean I used to eat a lot of cheese and as everybody knows that is fat not protein and I <laughs> did not realize that like I mean in my head I was thinking oh I'm just having cheese instead of a meat or whatever um and so that is one area that I have done a lot better with of of I'm not saying I never eat it sure, I do sure. eat it but that I don't eat it like I used to eat it. And I yeah. think of it differently now um, when I do, when I do have it. So that is one thing that I took away that was like, uh, aha, like my, my big little light bulb went on on top of my head. I'm like, that's part of my problem. Cause that's I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't looking at what the macros were in it until that class. So totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you've got some good strategies. I mean, I, I think it's also really good to just about be real with yourself and, you know, let's say we do this, I'm not buying the snack foods. Um, and I'm trying to mind my alcohol intake and we check in on a month and nothing's changed in terms of our weight, then the mm -hmm. standards aren't strong enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sometimes where we might spin our wheels a little bit. It's like, well, I'm trying and it's like, yes, but it just hasn't made a dent in the overall calories. And yeah. so whether or not that becomes more aggressive in the sense of, okay, I only have, I don't know, the two drinks a week or whatever you break it out to, mm -hmm. or I only have the one social event a week. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of keep chipping away and then you kind of realize if it's either working or do I have to really go and start weighing and measuring everything? Because I think maybe contrary to popular belief out there, I don't actually want everyone to have to weigh and measure. It's just <laughs> that it's so hard in a modern food environment to get it right with all of these simple strategies. But we do just mm -hmm. have to be real of like, am I just wasting my time now? Am I just fooling myself? Is it time to get more dialed? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, definitely. definitely. So you had said though... Um, you said lost like eight pounds. That's since like the November time period. Since, since the beginning of this year. So January okay. to now I've lost about eight pounds. I mean, okay. It fluctuates, goes up sure. and down, but eight pounds is about where I'm at now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think two pounds a month is a, is a pretty good, you know, I'm all about sustainability, right? Like if we just rush it, we're probably going to end up backfiring mm -hmm. and, and climb back up and wait. So, you know, can it be faster than two pounds a month? Sure. But that's a good guideline, you know, 
go forward with these strategies. We're going to mm-hmm. make sure protein's a cornerstone aspect of it. We're going to try to just keep up with the no sweets and see if the hubby yeah. will <laughs> stay supportive, <laughs> be a little bit more mindful of the drink yeah. choices. And then, yeah, check in on a month. And it's like, have I lost the two pounds? Okay. Yes or no. And then kind of make the best decision moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We are back. Thank you to Susan for her time uh, and willingness to chat with UEC. Here's my one question. I don't even know if I can pose this as a question, but here's the thing I thought about as I was listening, which is a thought I've had before in our conversations. When people think about and people kind of commit to and resolve to, okay, I'm going to lose weight. The overriding next thought is I have to eat less food. I have to eat less. That's the problem. I have to eat less which I'm not arguing, generally speaking, that that is not actually the solution. But what I what I started thinking about when listening to you and Susan was that you granted that as the premise, but at the same time, you said you're not eating enough, effectively, you didn't say this exactly like this, but you're not eating enough protein. Yeah. And so it just struck me as this interesting dichotomy or paradox that an individual at the, at the same time has to say and commit to lowering their caloric intake while at the same time increasing their caloric intake of a few things, usually fruits and vegetables and protein. And so there's this weird balance that needs to happen. And yet I never hear anybody talk about, I've got to lose weight, got to eat more protein and get more veggies in. It's always, I've got to eat, I've got to, I've got to lose weight. So that means I have to eat less, which means I can't have anything that I want. Mm -hmm. Right. And so again, I don't know how to pose that as a question other than like, man, that's a really hard place to be in, I imagine, in your brain, balancing both of those things at the exact same time. Yeah. I mean, you know, and there's plenty of coaches that have success with different diets, but I think this is some of the success that I have with my three pillars method um, or 800 gram challenge or lazy macros, whatever kind of level people jump in on. And it's this focusing on addition, focusing on the foods that we have to add into the diet that form really the foundation of a healthy diet. And It was funny in my masterclass group most recently, typically when we get to the stage of having the fruits and veggies in the diet, and then they also add protein, there are some people who complain might be a strong word, um, (laughs) but are not thrilled with the volume of food. And I I do like to joke with them a little bit. It's like, well, which diet do you want? (laughs) You've already done the diets where you felt too restrictive, right? You felt the ones that you could eliminate, had to eliminate everything you're hungry all the time, you're not getting enough food. And now you're telling me you're on this diet and it's just too much food, right? Um, But so, yeah, I mean, I think the point that you bring up is a great example of why the phrase a calorie is just a calorie is so limiting. Mm. Because yes, we have to lower calories overall, but if we only evaluate things on their caloric value, we don't really get the full picture in terms of what we need from a nutrient perspective, but even more so what we need from a... um, a satisfaction perspective, just to be able to stay on this thing. And, and when we do find this really nice foundation of fruits and veggies and protein, even if it's not my perfect 800 gram number and my, my protein target, even if it's not perfectly there, but this is what we find in all real successful diets is it's the foundation of whole foods. When you find that foundation, you end up realizing how much you can have in the diet. And yes, you still do even have some room for those foods you thought you had to restrict. So I am trying to flip the script a little bit. Um, why do you think that is such a hard thing to get the the additive part of it? 
right? Because to your point, like everybody bemoans the restrictive end. And yet it's 99% of the time when somebody's like, all right, I got to do something about this is where they go to. It's what, you know, whatever that might be, whether it's, which talked about before, you know, whether it's fasting or keto or whole 30 or any number of other ones. What, like, what is it about the idea of like adding to it that is so hard to wrap people's heads around? Because mm. you would think on paper without knowing anything else, they're like, give me that one. I want that one. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to be the case. Well, it is adding foods that they're not in the habit of adding or eating mm. right now. Yep, that's true. So yep. now we're looking at changing so, habits. Yeah. Yep. And it's less convenient, generally speaking. It's generally less convenient. It's not sexy. It's not trendy. It's what you were told 10 years ago and you thought maybe there was a different way around it. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you wanted to look at somebody's diet and say, okay, you can still ha eat this exact diet in terms of the food choices you're making and you want to lose weight. For most people, it is just eating less because if it's looking at, you know, packaged foods or fast food or whatever, yeah, it is just eating less, but you get to eat more when you start to replace some of them with the lower caloric density items. And so it isn't simple in a lot of ways, simply because people aren't used to eating those foods. They're not used to preparing those foods. Um, and so it really does require kind of this overall lifestyle change, not just sort of a, a quick fix. Right. Okay. Last question. Um, 800 gram is relatively easy to measure. Like, did I hit it or did I not? Yeah. And one of the, one part of your conversation with Susan is just talking around, like, what is her specifically? What was her protein target? Mm. Speaking more broadly, speaking more generally to anybody out there listening, like, where do you, like, how do you start thinking about what my particular protein target should be if I want to lose weight like Susan did? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, regardless of the goal that people have, I start everyone at the same number, which is that 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. The difference for people who want to lose weight is it's best to base that weight off of what your target weight is or will be, not what your current weight is. Mm -hmm. um, and so pick a target weight and it, and it might be, you know, 30, 50 pounds away and use that lower number to then do the 0.7 on. Now, is it unhealthy if you were to take 0.7 of your current weight? Um, not necessarily. You will just have a very high protein intake. And what I find for most people is that it's just not sustainable. Mm. It's just too much protein. It's, it's more protein than they could ever think about eating, right? So we're going to go based off of the target weight that we want because really the protein is being used for the lean mass. And so then the target weight is going to be more in line with what the lean mass needs are than the current weight. Although for a lot of people, again, if they base it off of the current weight, not necessarily a health concern, just might not be sustainable, which as we all know, that that's the key part of what my recommendations are, sustainability. All right. Thank you everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. EC and I will be back next week for another episode of The Consistency Project. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you have a friend or family member who you think would enjoy this content, please share it with them or share on social media or leave a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the content. It really does help the podcast grow. And if you want even more bonus content, you can sign up for my email list. Every Thursday, I drop additional new bonus content to my email list. You can join at optimizemenutrition.com slash email. That's also how you can get your question in the queue by hitting reply to any email. Again, that's optimizemenutrition.com slash email. Thanks so much.